doing the thing first. I'll do it first. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> and you know we're gonna make it stop. We're gonna make it stop. We're gonna make it stop. <sighs> On this show, we make it stop. We talk about all the biggest flops. So listen to our show. It's the twentieth fucking episode. <laughs> 20 episodes seems like we never left it is a uh, it's been a fruitful harvest sure has <laughs> tilling and sowing sowing these fields of <laughs> shitty garbage music it's like the great leap forward we're just like raking rocks <laughs> <laughs> uh so i'm mike dunn uh, i'm heather mack we are your hosts once again for another another edition of our show make it stop bad albums Good times. Mess it up again. What did I do? It's bad music, good times. That's what I said. You said bad albums, good times. Well, it's both. Bad music, good times. <laughs> I'm keeping it, and it stays. Um, yes, but as I was saying, we, we're having, uh, you know, usually we invite our friends on the show, but today, it's just me and you, buddy, just just looking, gazing right into those caterpillar eyebrows today, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because uh, we wanted to go mano a mano, yeah. right? Tit for tat. We wanted to have a little, uh, a little cro- crossfire, crossfire with, uh, with uh, uh. Tucker Carlson today. <laughs> well, <laughs> Tucker Carlson couldn't make it, so it's just me and Heather. <laughs> yeah, we did invite Tucker Carlson. Yeah, we, we, did. Invited, we invited we the Raging Cajun, uh, <laughs> but he also declined. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, yes. So this week, uh, this this episode of Make It Stop, we decided. Actually, this was this was Mike's idea, so I'm gonna let Mike explain it to you. Well, yeah, I just thought, um, you know, we listen to a lot of mu- bad music for you, for the stoppies, you know, and, and, yes. and it's not, we're not really electing to listen to it for any other reason. We generally, Heather and I, I, I think we both generally listen to pretty good music. Yeah, you know? I mean, most of the time. Uh, but surely everyone's got their, their album, their, their guilty pleasure. Yes. And uh, I thought it would be a good idea for me and Heather to both pick what we think is, you know, one of the worst albums that we do like or what would be perceived by the world yeah, as a bad album. I think that's And we're going to talk about it. We're going to debate it. I'm probably going to make fun of Heather's music. She's yeah. probably going to make fun of mine. We're we're cuz we're going to both end up being fans of the other the other album by the time this is through. That's my that's my goal. I am I am already embarrassed to like I know what the, what's about yeah. to happen and I'm I'm about to We are ashamed. defend Limp Bizkit. <laughs> <laughs> is what's about to happen. And I'm going to vociferously defend Limp Bizkit, in fact. And I'm here to defend Good Charlotte, actually. Um, the first first Good Charlotte album. The first Limp Bizkit album. Yes. And they were both, it's very interesting, because both albums came out in 1997. Or, okay, uh, the first Good Charlotte album was recorded in 1997. And I don't think they ever, they didn't make it big until like close to 2000 but um and then it was like re-released on like a major label in 2000 but like basically 1997 were when these both of these you know master disaster pieces were like incubating it's when they hit the studio um yeah we're talking of course about uh good charlotte yes self-titled self-titled and uh three dollar bill y'all by limp biscuit <laughs> y'all with the uh dollar sign at the end just so we're <laughs> <Is> that silent <laughs> <Is it> y'all's 
Oh, is it y'all's? I don't. I don't, no, I don't I think, think it's three dollar bill. Yeah. Funny story. I gave this. I gave this to my dad as a gift when I was like eight. You did. <laughs> I was like, I think my dad is a rocker. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure he's into rock. Ooh. <laughs> and this is rock. It was like the Kid Rock album and this album, well, the that, first Kid Rock album. That was all they were playing on the radio in 1997. It yeah. was. It was a lot of. I was just listening to. Um, another podcast today. The um, are are you talking REM re me? And it, Scott Ackerman was talking about how bummed he was in '97 right. or in like 2000 when you know after the second Limp Bizkit album came out when fucking K Rock just started only playing that shit. Yeah, you know? and that was all over there when we talk about like the country. And, and it was it was quite a transformation. What caused 1997 to be this like breakout year for? pop punk for sure yep. and for new metal that yep. that was like what characterized the late 90s into the early 2000s in rock music and they're now like the most embarrassing aspects of that time both of them yes yeah, yeah. and I, I mean yeah like limp biscuit like i said i got it for my dad when i was eight and then i kind of like i liked some of it but i knew enough to keep my distance because it was like the wrong kind of people that listen to biscuit <laughs> i was I, like i don't know about this but like and good charlotte by the time i found out about this album I, they were already uncool like by 2000 and 2001 when they were like out it was like if you were you know 13 or 14 and a punk or consider yourself a punk you were supposed to make fun of good charlotte yeah but i still knew a bunch of punks who like listen to the 14 year old punks who like right. listen to them s- secretly and shit you know who, so that was me who actually did yeah. like good charlotte well i was not among them yeah okay we all have our you know have our things but like my i remember because it was my sister that listened to good charlotte and i remember being like oh my god you're such a poser i listened to like deep cuts like the ataris <laughs> like you know what i mean like so, yeah but you know good charlotte was just so like kind of shamelessly poppy and like shamelessly looking for fame and similarly like fucking limp biscuit man i mean they embraced every aspect of like their pop identity despite being like a you know arguably much more like kind of like hard style band yeah well and then they they um i think they're both i would put them at two separate zeitgeist that happened close to each other um lip biscuit was like the poster boy of like the 19 late 1990s like douche yes you know that's what i'm saying yeah he's like he is the image that has come to define what that was douchebag and the the red hats were like synonymous yeah with like you're a dickweed and the and the little chin goatee uh but then good charlotte um a few years later i feel like in the early 2000s punk i mean it's always been happening to some it had been happening to some extent for about a decade but it got I feel like super commodified yes. in the early 2000s. Yes. And I think Good Charlotte was the poster yes. boy for that. That's totally that's totally it. And they both had, you know, these like charismatic front men. Ugly. Who- both fucking fans <laughs> for them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with this like little moon face and the fucking... Uh, yeah. Uh, did I have a crush on Did you have a crush on, on Benji? Benji? Did I? I liked boys with eyeliner for sure. So mm-hmm. that was that was probably it for me. But well, um, I was really spider bite or snake bite. Ugh, get gross. And- <laughs> I think I was in sixth grade when this Limp Bizkit album came out. Yeah. So you would have been in seventh grade when the 
Good Charlotte album. When this Good Charlotte album. And I was already like identifying myself like I'm, you know, I'm a punk. That's like the identity that Mm -hmm. I'm going to assume as like it like cultivate as this, you know, young suburban white early adolescent that was like, please get me out of here. (laughs) 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 Anything but this. (laughs) But like didn't know what to do or be. But that was, you know, that was how you became a punk. And like Blink-182. Yeah, no, I was super into Blink-182. And and that's actually like, I'm going to get into when we get into Good Charlotte. Like there's, I would say there are definitely songs on this album that are like better than a lot of Blink-182 songs that we thought were okay to like love (laughs) at the time. Like old Blink-182 songs? Well, I, I would give a strong disagree to that. Not not to like Dude Ranch, but like Enema of the State. Like it was, and simil- I'm not even saying like it was oh. like similarly commodified. It was similarly commodified and similarly like played out and kind of materialistic and dumb. And TRL, I mean, both of these bands for all of their posturing were like TRL bands. You know what I mean? This was like popular as fuck. So it's so funny that like both both albums like spend a lot of time like you know, taking aim at the popular kids and like, blah, blah, blah. And like, this was like, this was like what popular kids like listen to. And it was like the rapey jock popular kids. Oh, sorry. Or like the fucking like, you know, like maybe, maybe queer, but like can't come out yet because we're in like the suburbs and everybody sucks or like, you know, just like in touch with their emotions kind of do. These are good Charlotte fans you're describing. Yeah. There's also fucking rapey douche fans of that band i'm sure right every the uniting like the center of the venn diagram were trucker hats and <laughs> like it happened um <laughs> so <laughs> beyond that tangent uh i think the point we're trying to make is that both of these albums have a lot in common even though they they they're both different flavors of white male angst that really spoke to disaffected you know suburban youth who were like really trying to like escape <laughs> on yeah. some level right yeah on some level yeah and um so what where were you at yeah when you got into good charlotte you okay, know i didn't get into good charlotte oh you didn't because i spent so much time like again posturing that i was so different from anybody who would listen to good charlotte right so, so I, but you did eventually because you like this album right yeah like, so sometime i think later I, down the line like i think i found it like i think i finally listened to it like i I don't know. My sister would play it, and I was like, I kind of like that song, like the East Coast <laughs> anthem. Okay, and like I, I don't know. Um, but like I, I publicly like derided her for it, um, and like on internet message boards, like you know, was very clear about where my loyalties lied. But I definitely had that like low key on the iPod, so I would like keep it in the shuffle and be like, mm-hmm. but I would never talk to anybody about it. So this was like going back and rediscovering a familiar. You know, a familiar friend that was a secret shameful friend <laughs> that I hid under my bed. Well, I was an out and proud Limp Biscuit fan when I was in sixth grade. Uh, I was not hiding it at all. I felt no shame. I loved Limp Biscuit. Yep. I loved this album. I had the Family Values Tour 98 video cassette. We have that upstairs. Yeah, which is, that is your super copy? fucked up for a kid my age to have. No, we were, yeah, we were both kids. And I remember having this kind of attitude when I was in like fifth, sixth grade, seventh grade, you know, that, you know, musically, yeah. I just yeah. wanted to hear what was like new and Shit. fresh and like rap rock and new metal was like. Yeah, it was like Tony Hawk Pro Skater and fucking X was, Games and like fucking Mountain Dew and like this album <laughs> yeah and this was the sound this was the new sound that hadn't been done before it hadn't uh and i was 
right here for it. Looking back now, rap rock, it, generally not great. New metal, generally very bad. Paved the way for, um, you know, post-grunge like Nickelback, and here we are. Right. With Hinders, you know. Yeah. However many albums at this point. Yeah. And he also with the other, you know, like fucked up, diseased offshoots of this like ridiculous family tree, like Crunk Core. Which, oh, yeah. Shout wow. out to Broken Side Def- coming out with a new album, which we are <laughs> reviewing for our 50th episode. Yeah. So <laughs> stay tuned, Stoppies. <laughs> We're making it happen. Hell yeah. I'm, f- I'm glad you finally agreed to it. <laughs> I mean, I, I will we make it to 50 episodes? <laughs> We're at 20 episodes I know that's already. True. That's I'm, I'm really proud of us. We should take a moment and pat ourselves on yeah, the back. And honestly, go. pat you on the back, Stoppies, for sticking with us. We just made it on a Spotify today, actually. Woo, yeah, that's Spotify, how you know, baby. That's how you know we made it. We made it. No, seriously. It's been real, guys. It's been a good It's been a good 20 episodes, so maybe we'll make it to 50 to listen to that fucking Broken Side album. And then, <laughs> and then I'll jump off a cliff. Um, where, where were we? What were we talking about <laughs> Limp Bizkit-wise, though? Limp Bizkit-wise, I mean, okay, so... Again, we were talking about how, like, that was the zeitgeist. That was like what it was. You had to like identify, you know, like we we had we had slim pickings in that late in that late nineties, early two thousands time, and also, you know, it was um, uh, the point you were trying to make about like it was new. You know, it was totally yeah. new. It was and it was, it was definitely made for adolescent boys, right? You know, right. like I was the key demographic for sure, right? For a lo- but it seemed like there was all kinds of shit, edgy shit being marketed towards teens and yeah. like adolescents yeah it was the fucking attitude era it was the attitude era south park as we've been over south park was <laughs> just starting format wise i don't know why but again because we have so many similar kind of overlaps here even though the the sounds are wildly different um we're gonna go back to back but we're gonna do a song from the good charlotte album uh followed by a song from the limp Bizkit album and then we're gonna discuss both of them Hey, should we do? Should we do like a um? If uh, after we listen to it, decide which song is better. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm gonna I'm usually gonna pick Limp Bizkit, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So Mike has just thrown it out there. We're gonna do it so that we go head to head, and we have to argue debate style why one song is better than the other, which I you know reserve the right to tap out a few times here. Um. So we're gonna play them back to back. And uh, there's like 13 songs on the Limp- or on the Good Charlotte album and 12 on the Olympus Limpiskit album. So we'll have one extra Good Charlotte song. And then there's a secret song that I didn't listen to, but Mike listened to enough to hate. So we'll maybe discuss that too. Um, but we're going to go back to back and we're going to start with Little Things by Good Charlotte and then Pollution by Biscuit. Shits had convertibles and we had to ride the bus 55. Like the time we made the baseball team But they still laughed at us you still Like the time that girl broke up with me Cause I wasn't cool enough Trick Thanks Thanks Here we go The little things, little things They always hang around When did you decide? They have a similar timbre of wine, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> well, a little. I mean, the 
I guess like the pitch. <laughs> no, it's that like upper, you know, back of the throat register that you heard on both of those. <laughs> yeah, but Benji's going meow, 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 meow. And uh, Fred just going. Baka, 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 baka. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're cats and chickens. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you even compare? It's apples and oranges. It's cats and chicken. We got squawking and we got whining and we have... I mean, there's, yeah, the crescendo. I mean, Fred Durst at least has some variety and kind of the the lilt of his of his whine and screech. Yeah, he's got a little more going on. It's a little more uh, engaging, I think. But they both do this, like, phony, like, Anthony Kiedis, like, wingy ding dong to get begin bow, like, delivery on multiple songs in this album. Like, I don't fucking understand. This is like... <laughs> is Anthony Kiedis the most influential musician of our generation? <laughs> of our generation. It's true. You heard it here first. Um, <laughs> Hashtag Kiedis the goat. <laughs> um, like, I don't know. Pollution is definitely the... You know, like, it's 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 some, like, rage against the machine, kind of. Yeah, what I what I dig about the song is the uh, the rhythm section is really tight. It yeah. really gets your, your head bobbing. Yeah. You know how much I like to bob my head when I listen to music. That is true. I... It's definitely the kind of music that you like play on like the Matterhorn at like the county fair, like that you're yeah. like really raging hard, or like, like the dragon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the dragon boat. Well, well, you know, like oh, okay, <laughs> like <laughs> I'm really high off of like slushies and like fucking like you know salvia, like. <laughs> <laughs> gotta gotta get fucked up and go on the Matterhorn. I don't know for like for one dimensional white male rage, uh, pollution's pretty much perfect. <laughs> like oh. I'm not gonna lie, oh, I'm well, not. But like for one dimensional white male rage, so it's it's like you know the lyrics are pretty straightforward and very cheesy. There's nothing to like really ask questions about, um, you know. And it's all kind of about how Limp Bizkit's better than everybody else. So it's got that like you know, braggadocious, like, hip-hop, but, like, you know, without real swag. So there's that, but I don't know. Well, I don't even know what the song's about. I, I don't even, the words are, like, to me, are, like, brick a brick a one nine brick a brick a brick a field blip a blip a dig. Yeah. But, you know, I like, I just like the way it sounds. And I think, um, I think that that's, you know, that's what Limp Bizkit gets the most hate for, is Fred Durst's voice. But I, I think it's, as it, sh- I mean, it's at least interesting. There's definitely like it's it's interesting. I think it's an effective like instrument in it's itself. Affective, like it is filled with affects. <laughs> like he is affecting his voice in a ridiculous way. And they both, I actually, they're both taking elements of hip hop. I think Fred Durst does it more effectively. I gotta say because on little things, you got Benji. Tossing out these ad libs after every line, like he's Jim <laughs> yeah, the Jones. The echo lines going reduce lunch. It's like and it's like the doing... like monopoly of like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer or something. Like, all right, we get it. <laughs> they act, there's a lot of like little hip hop. Like he even says like. You want to hate me now because I won't stop now and I can't stop now. And that yeah. is a not song. And then wiki, wiki, wiki. There's a lot of wiki, wiki, wikis and as opposed to on the Lip Biscuit album where it's actually, you know, like, you know DJ Lethal. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. DJ Lethal is almost a non-presence on this album, though, I feel yeah. like. He, is, he I has don't, a few moments. I still don't get what the point of DJ Lethal was for Lip Biscuit. Why did bands have DJs? No, So they could have street cred. I mean, and that's kind of both of them also like just, you know aching for some street cred aching for somebody to like 
recognize their their tortured souls and stuff. And like Limp Biscuit is just kind of like dumb, like smashing your head against a wall over and over again. Where like, you know, Good Charlotte's like everything's fun, everything's gonna be cool, even though like we're we're talking about our alcoholic dad and like you know having reduced lunch. You know, I don't know. It's all dumb. Can I can see- definitely see why you know this shit spoke to kids our age right because it's um very high school it's very surface level observations right you know the because it's very it's just like a very simple story Mm -hmm. very simple chords like with a nice little hook i don't know it's just it's not complex here's what what bothers me about good charlotte is (laughs) it just it just seems like every move they made was just calculated to sell records and so was Limp Biscuit. Do you know about how Limp Biscuit started? I know about the payola. Yeah. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Actually, okay. Maybe go ahead. Let's go yeah. to the next song because okay. that's what the song they that paid the, song the radio they, okay. stations they to play. They literally paid the radio stations to play it. Also, like Fred Durst is like the ultimate, like you know, shiller, like capitalist shill. Like he went around to like every single fucking record store and like harassed people until they like stocked his album. And you know what? Good for him. Same with fucking Benji and Joel. They both decided they were like, listen, we're in high school. We're not going to go to college. We like don't even have a band. I forget how they started the band. There was like some ridiculous. Oh, they were watching the Beastie Boys. They went to a Beastie Boys show. And they like, which is hilarious. And another weird common thread between them and Limp Bizkit is they went to a Beastie Boys show mm. in 1995. And then Joel and Benji were like, listen, we're going to do that. Like, we're going to just not go to college and we're going to drop out and we're going to fucking like play music. And let's find like some friends of our friends that like can play music with us. And, you know, considering how that could have turned out, they fucking made it work. They were like, we're going to be fucking stars. And they like forced it on America. And that's exactly what Limp Biscuit did. They did the same it's thing true. with like corn too. Like they, what did they do? They like went to a corn show and then they tattooed the members of corn. Did you read yeah, about yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know about that. Yeah. That's yeah. how that's how they got discovered. Yeah, that's how well they like forced them to discover them. They were like, "Listen, we're going to go to your show and then we're going to give you some bad tattoos because Fred Durst was a tattoo artist." And then they gave them some shitty tattoos and was like, "Here, now that you're like literally, you know, unable to move cuz you're being like actively like stabbed by me, why don't you listen to my demo?" And then they like listened to the fucking Limp Bizkit demo. It was like, all right, you guys can go on tour with us. Yeah. So well, that's, I mean, you know that's what? That's shameless. They're both fucking shameless as fuck. But you know what? Corn and Limp Bizkit were like peanut butter and jelly, man. They went together really well. Like, right. Corn's lucky to have discovered Limp Bizkit. True. Honestly, this Limp, this Limp Bizkit <laughs> record is, is, I think, is better than all the Corn albums. Yeah, probably. I've never really, I haven't like given those a, a good hard listen, and I'm not trying to anytime soon. But should we go? Th- next song let's do it let's do it okay so the next two songs here are uh good charlotte's waldorf worldwide followed by limp biscuits counterfeit oh wait did we vote little things versus pollution i'm gonna give it to pollution i vote pollution as well yeah it's pollution all right waldorf World- worldwide and counterfeit Listen up, cause there ain't nothing funny I want a hot girl and a little bit of money I want a little house where my band can live Cause we're tired of moving every other weekend I want to go to parties where they got no guns I want to rock with my band I want to have a little fun with thugs and punks And any other type to sing this song And yeah, we'll sing it all night, sing it Everything's gonna be alright now Everything's gonna be alright Get down, stay up all night now Let's do this one more time 
Counterfeit's a, counterfeit's a great song. Oh, yeah. Counterfeit, maybe one of the greatest... I mean, I think rap it's the, rock songs of all time. Yeah, I think it. I think it's probably the best on this album, uh, one of the one of the best. But I, I, I really enjoyed this, and I'm, you know, I'm not gonna lie about it. It is what it is. Wow. And like, yeah. I like how it slows down just a little bit just before the chorus too. Like, fuck. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's a it's a well constructed song. The bass line is money. They got that organ coming in. It's, yeah, it's they just... have a lot of like complexity in the music. I mean, again, like the bi- biggest thing that you could say the about the biggest thing, <laughs> the biggest thing that you could say about Fred Durst's delivery is that it's fucking annoying. And like, no matter what, it's it is. It actually really is. I I'm not a big fan, but the mm. the musicianship is wild. like it is really cool. It's really cool, yeah. and there's a lot of like little little flavors of different types of music, like. Very House of Painty. It also, you know, gives me like some of the songs give like that, like like Beastie Boys vibe, that like ministry vibe. Like I don't know, like it, this shit. It's very industrial. The like, you know, the like halting counter fit. Like that's that's cool. Like that. I, I yeah. Yeah. I, and the the the. I'm arguing your point for you. And West <laughs> West Borland is a cool guitar player, man. Like he yeah. had those outfits with the makeup and right. He used to, he played. I mean, which were obviously like a gimmick too. He, he played two handed with no pick and did all kinds of tap shit. Yeah. And like. Definitely better musicians than Good Charlotte. But like also like it's pop punk and who cares? Right. Yeah. Good Charlotte's a little, it's, it's not, it's a, uh, it's a little more polished, but it's like very simple. It's like very, everything. I mean, it's formulaic pop punk. Whereas this was, you know, this was the formula that they ended up like hewing to their entire career. But um, they kind of helped form like create the formula, which makes it a little bit more interesting and cool. Yeah, I mean, and they do like post date Rage Against the Machine and stuff. Like they weren't. This right. wasn't. Super yeah, no, it new. wasn't brand new. No, exactly. You're right. You're right. It I was take new it to me at, at at twelve, but but it's also like I don't know. I just think it was it's a well gateway executed. drug to Rage Against the Machine too. Um, I don't like Waldorf worldwide that much. It's I feel like. Like what really separates this song from like LFO? What? It like doesn't sound like LFO at all. <laughs> like it's just the distortion. No, it's definitely if you're going to compare this to anybody, I would it, compare this to Sugar Ray. Like this is like a very like Sugar Ray kind of like wah wah wah, you know, like sort of su- like baby ska, like you know. Sugar Ray was like even wacker than this. I got Okay, like, yeah. So like it was like a mixture of like Sugar Ray and like Jimmy Eat World. Like, you know, mm. everything's gonna be alright. You know, like it's a fucking it's it's a sing along. It's yeah. it's it's a very typical pop song. Um, right. you know, and Maybe. it works, but it it totally works. Like if if you're looking for a pop song, this is a great song. The harmonies are tight, you know, they have that they have that kind of, you know, again, that wah wah pedal and they also have this <laughs> similar vibe to Limp Biscuit with the, you know, th- Thugs and punks, right? We're trying to bring together hip hop yeah, and punk together. I feel like Biscuit probably actually better. did hang out yes. with some. They're from fucking Jacksonville. Jacksonville. They're from DC, dude. Like these guys are from fucking DC. Like I don't know. Yeah, they're okay. You think so? You think they're hanging with thugs? Um, no. I mean, first of all, how do we define thugs? Like that's problematic as fuck. What I think they're saying is like you pop think they hung and out with punk people who together. committed petty. Like I don't think that's what they're saying. I think they're saying like punk 
people who listen to punk and people who listen to hip hop. Because that is that used to be like a category, like preps and punks and thugs. And what that really meant was like, well, I don't know. There was definitely racism involved, but it was also like people who listen to hip hop and people who listen to punk rock and people who like listen to pop music. And I don't know. I There's no point to that. <laughs> it's just that like they're trying to do this similar thing where they're like bridging gaps of like different. Um, yeah, but it's so affected. Yes. So is Limp Biscuit. <laughs> also, will be self-made millionaires as the refrain. They did. Good for them. Yeah. Um, you know, it's pretty empty, but totally singable. The harmonies, again, are tight. Um, the, and they sing about like, you know, just aspiring to be better than like their shitty, no good town or whatever. And they, again, like this album was recorded at a time where they didn't have any fame or notoriety, but they then, you know, shamelessly self-promoted just like Limp Bizkit and made themselves the self-made millionaires. Like they kicked the welfare, which is like a question mark. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I think they're referencing like growing up with, uh, you know, getting welfare. <laughs> um, well, yeah, there's a lot poor. of that on this album. I, I believe that they the were working poor. class. Yeah. The working class kind were of like though? ethos. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I assume so. Yeah. I mean, they're, they had like a deadbeat dad and lived with a single mom and grew up in DC. So I don't know. I mean, if they're fucking lying about all that shit, I should have done my research a little bit better. They're but. from DC. Right. Home of discord records. Mm -hmm. How do you come up with this from that environment? If you're trying to be like, Okay, they're not from D.C. They're from Waldorf, Maryland, which is the whole okay. thing. That's right. Yes, that's right. Waldorf. I guess we should know that. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Well, that makes sense then. They don't. Yeah, I don't know. That's not. You know, DC. it's like saying you're from Boston and you're from like Salem. Sorry. From East Bridgewater. <laughs> I'm from Acton. Um, <laughs> should we go to the next song? Yes, let's do that. Let's go right ahead and do that. Um, this oh, and let's vote. Uh, I liked uh, Counterfeit better. Yeah, Counterfeit wins this one. All right, that's two. I know. To I know. I, this isn't. This isn't going to be good for me. I don't think. But all right, this next song is uh, Motivation Pro Proclamation by Good Charlotte and Stuck by Limp Biscuit. Um, so <laughs> what'd you think, Mike? Uh, so the motivation proclamation, I'll start there. Okay. Uh, this was my favorite so far from the good Charlotte album. I like it because it basically just sounds like a third eye blind, so blind song. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think this sounds very like lit esque more than like third eye blind, but they're pretty similar too. like, you know, like sunny, dreamy, poppy, singable, dumb, no. dumb, you know, but fine. Mid 90s like, alternative rock. Yeah. Green Day like meets Eve six. Gin Blossoms. So many bands. Meets but, Everclear. But I like I like uh, some of that safe mid 90s alternative music, honestly. And they can sing. Their yeah. harmonies are great. 
it's and they're not doing any of that punks and thug thug no. shit on this song. No. You know, like I, I kind of like it when they don't have so many affectations. Right, exactly. Just like I like it on the Limp Bizkit album when Fred Durst is just screaming. You know, yeah. like basically that's definitely the best part of any of the Limp Bizkit songs are just Fred Durst screaming. Um, yeah, I mean, Motivation Proclamation is like very straightforward emo pop, like the cheesy hand tambourine is a little much, but other than that, it's like very, very mid nineties alternative, just like you said, um, which is like, which is fine, but not like, you know, yeah, ground, I, when I say groundbreaking, it's my, nothing about this is really groundbreaking. No. And when I say it was my favorite so far, like I, I really didn't like the first two songs at all. So, <laughs> okay. Well, you know, yeah, I understand that. Meanwhile, Stuck. Uh, starts with the first line being psycho female, which is like first two words. Not good. Psycho Not- female blowing up your phone line. You Ugh. need to tighten that screw. It's been loose for a long time. I've been slammed with some bad luck. Uh, oh, my God. Right, sorry. Wait, Mike, this is. No, okay. the, uh, the lyrics to this song it's, are very problematic. You take a dash for my cash. It's your ass yeah. that I'm blasting. This is an anti- who's, bla- who's blasting ass here? <laughs> when, whose ass are you blasting he's and bla- how are you blasting He's putting it? her ass on blast okay. is what he's saying. Well, that's not what he's really saying because um, he's saying it's your ass that I'm blasting like it's a verb. Yeah, but he, this is, yeah, I mean, sure. No, I'm not defending the and, lyrics of the song. It's, also, it's an anti-gold digger <laughs> anthem. And it's also like a lot of just like deep, like heavy breathing into the mic. Like also he says biatch. <laughs> like, he does say bi- biatch. Yeah, and then there's biatch. that whole thing at the end biatch. where it's like. Uh, <sighs> the whore part where he like sings whore all like melodically. Uh, stuck on yourself, you whore. Yeah, yeah, that. Okay, yeah, exactly. Like. Uh, uh, you know, I'd really, I like it. In and then all school. these like DJ lethal like sound effects. Wicked what? Like, come on. No, 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 no. But come on. There's good things about it, too. There's fucking Wes Borland is like making his guitar sound like a Wu-Tang yes. sample. Like, yeah, I said it was some cool, was cool, weird, jammy guitar lines for sure. The lyrics. Yeah, there's a lot of bad lyrics, but there's also uh, the suicidal tendencies reference. I saw that. Come on. Now. I like that. That's very lazy. Like anybody. That's how can... I found out about suicidal tendencies. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, I guess I can understand that being, you know, nostalgically relevant, but like still bad song. No. Psycho female. It's all the worst parts of of Fred Durst's voice, too. Like all the most exaggerated, like stretched, uh, you know, mouth corners. Like it's just. It's true. It's him. It's him definitely really going for it. And like. Yeah. But uh, I do think in terms of instrumentation and shit, like this yeah, is the one of the instrumentation be- is always going to save Limp Bizkit. Oh, yeah, but, but like mm. this one, especially, though, because it's got that the bridge with like the jazzy drums and like the walking bass and then like boom, 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 you want to be like that. I don't know. And I, I think maybe it's nostalgia for me. This was probably my favorite song on the album when I was a kid. Really? Yeah. Because this is definitely not one of my favorites. So, you know, maybe I, I got the rose-tinted glasses on for what? this one. Because I hear, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Because Fred Durst it's, is it's awful biatch. on this song. Yeah, and, and, and it makes it so distracting. And, like, ultimately, like, yeah, like, they're, as a band, instrument instrument-wise... They are definitely superior to Good Charlie. I mean, also, like, it's, it, again, it's comparing, like, two completely unlike things. Like, they're not the same. Yeah. You know? Well, they're a little older. You know, they had a little more time to learn their instruments. Yeah, but also pop punk, no matter what, you're not, like, no matter how good of a pop punk, like, what's your favorite pop punk album? Um, 
a good question, huh? Hmm. Because, like, I'll start. I'll, I have one. Okay. Unless you have one. <laughs> no, you go ahead. Okay, so, like, mine would be, like, Dookie, probably, by Green Day. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's, like, a perfect that album. That counts? Yeah, sure. It's a pop-punk album. Yeah, that's mine, then, too. Uh, no, oh, I, yeah, that's yeah, mine. Yeah, I mean, okay, great. The, that's a perfect album, and it's perfect despite the fact that, you know, there's like a total of three chords on the whole album. Like it's not in any way, again, like Ramones, they were super uncomplicated and like straightforward and like the three notes that they played, you know? Yeah. And so no matter what, like the instrumentation on a pop punk album is not going to be, you can't compare it to like this crazy, like multi-layered, like insane shit that was like industrial rap rock you know weirdness like yeah but then good charlotte's trying to have it both ways though because they're not they're not just pop punk they're like straight up pop and in pop you can do way more than just have fucking three chords and shit you know like i guess that's i mean i guess that's true except you have the same chords but i don't know know. would you say that to the ramones like they were pop too like even you could say like gg allen was pop like don't talk to me is a pop song but i just mean dookie is like very punchy and like so is this upbeat Uh, this is just a little It's not as good this is a little mid-tempo i don't know i don't know i mean look we're gonna get to some better songs on it okay so we get a vote between stuck and motivation proclamation well I gotta give it to Stuck. I come on. Motivation Proclamation is better. I guess. I don't know. I, I think Stuck is one that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna vote for. That's fine. And you know what? Motivation Proclamation wasn't that bad. It was just but it stuck was better. Mm, <laughs> I, uh, Stop right. you you, uh, you weigh tweet, in. You, you weigh in. Tweet at us. What do you like better? Hashtag stuck or Waldorf. No, sorry. Yeah. Stuck or motivation. Stuck or Waldorf. Yeah, uh, if you first stuck Hashtag the buck stops at stuck. <laughs> if you like the motivation proclamation, hashtag motivation proclamation nation. Nobody will do this. All right. Great. I think they're both too long. They're way too long. We've already failed. Okay. So shall we go on to the next two songs? Yes. All right. So these ones are um, East Coast Anthem and Nobody Loves Me. Stoppies, I'm hoping for a win here. Walking on streets of DC, on the East Coast, where I'll never say what's a problem. What's with this anger, kid? You don't like the way I walk, or the way I talk, or the way I swing my hands. You don't like the words I speak, or the thoughts I think, and I know you'll never understand. You know, on the East Coast, we fight until we die. You No. <laughs> it's a hard no for me, dog. <laughs> okay, I mean... Nobody loves me! Maybe Nobody I'll, cares! Maybe I'll go eat worms. <laughs> oh, my God. It is a, it's a little much. Ugh, it's the Toxic Masculinity album. Like, it oscillating is. It between... It really is. I mean, like... If you really look at the lyrics. Oscillating between, like, emotional devastation I- and, like, grief and isolation and then masking it with a grass. 
Like, come on. Yeah. Good Charlotte's a lot more wholesome. There's so many, like, fucking, like, bird squawks on this song. Like, God. And so one-dimensional, cheesy lyrics as usual, and just a super exaggerated cadence that's just so ridiculous and over the top. No, but, like, at least Fred does know how to get a point across. You can't argue that. Um, yeah, I'm not going to go too hard in the paint for Nobody Loves Me. No. I mean... Wasn't that in that Eminem song, too? Now that I think about it, wasn't that like a... Nobody likes me, everybody... Was that in that album that we... That yeah. That was another it, terrible, humorless It was, white but dude. I, I don't think it was a reference. I think that's just of course what not. these guys say. Yeah, right. I'm just saying that's <laughs> embarrassing. East and East Coast Anthem is a banger. It it's, is. Okay, it's okay. It's good. It's good. You know, it's it's a very, you know, per, that eternal, like, disaffected youth too big for our small stuck-up town, so we'll run away, but also pay tribute to our working-class roots, you know, pop-punk trope. That's that's what that is, and it works. It's very straightforward, and it works. Yeah, it's fine. It sounds like Save Tonight by Eagle Eye Cherry, yeah. and that's fine. They're doing the mid-90s alternative thing again. The I'll nice layered it. harmonies in the singable chorus. It's fine. It's unoffensive. It's offen- It's a little bit offensively unoffensive, but... I like the song. I like the song. It's fine. It's just, I don't know. So far, like, there's just not been Even nothing... Like the way I walk, or the way... I mean, it's, it is not groundbreaking. It is not unique. It's just it's not very memorable. No, you're you're right. It's not. But neither, I mean, like, am I going to sing along to fucking, you know, that fucking Limp Biscuit song? To no, like, am to I, Nobody, I mean, loves, to nobody me? loves Me that I've already forgotten the name of? Like, no, I'm not gonna. Like, I'll sing along to Hey, that's a that's a hook. I mean, that's a, that'll get oh in your head. God. Nobody loves me. All right, all right. Nobody cares. I'm, I'm, I'm done. East Coast Anthem, you can sing along to it. It's a bop. It's fine. We're for, moving on. For, uh, <laughs> I will... Um, <laughs> I'll I'll give a slight edge to East Coast Anthem. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I needed that. <laughs> I needed one because it's not going to be a lot of these. Um, all right. Shall we go on to the next song? Sure. All right. So this is the festival song by Good Charlotte, followed by Limp Biscuits Sour. I don't All right, so it's another song where where Fred Durst is like crying about a shitty relationship. Yeah, whose whose fault was the shitty relationship, Fred? You know whose fault it was. It was definitely yours. It was definitely his. Uh, but the guitar part though, that little <laughs> it was a little it was a little sublimey, dare I say? Oh, uh, well, we both love sublime. 
I know. I was thinking about that that album actually, like that that artist and that album, like doing a Sublime song for this episode. Because I was like, I know a lot of people like hate on Sublime, and I and then I was like, I actually don't want to critique Sublime because I'll probably start hating it. <laughs> like, I don't want to do that. Um, well, Sublime is wildly problematic for yeah. a lot of, in a lot of ways too. But like, either way, I, yeah, this definitely. Was kind we of could like, have someone. We could have someone else on here to just debate us about sublime about because sublime. everyone else hates them <laughs> rightfully so but uh again we were punks that smoked weed it makes sense anyway <laughs> uh, like this is this everything goes back to that it's true um yeah this was like sour was definitely a song that like you could hear like rearranged right like yeah like the, that I, this is yeah, just think about and that's a good song yeah yeah that, that's, that's, a good song. that's one of the best limp biscuit songs i know yeah, yeah i well i almost did um significant other for this but like significant other for some reason in 1999 every fucking album had to have like 23 songs on it what was that about it has way too many songs on it i don't feel like i didn't feel like doing it this one is more millennial optimism (laughs) and it was like i think it was because cds cost fucking 19 dollars back then so like they had to make it worth it remember that the cds cost almost 20 dollars yeah 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 vhs tapes used to cost like 40 dollars like i don't know dude but listen yeah so that means that some people were paying like close to 20 dollars for lyrics like quote there's no one to blame but you and who gets the blame me oh oh i sound like a bitch a little bitch in heat with all that anger that i'm feeling bitch i think it's heat just another split tail that's wow. off this song. I don't. I don't know the lyrics. You know well. what? Okay, then we. Need. You can keep educating me on what I'm missing Jesus. out on here because it's just it's just Fred Durst sounds to me. You know, yeah. it's like it might as well be big be Kid Cudi going. I know. You know, like it's 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 not lyrics. It's Fred Durst going. You know, like, I know, and like, as long it's as it's like, that, it's, it's like somewhat a, pleasant it's like to me. It's like a baby moshing. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I just pretend it, as his voice is a turntable because you can't hear DJ Lethal's turntables. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I do like them when they're exclusively screeching rather than the, like, echoey, sparse, like, multi-layered whine. But, like, the guitar lines on this album are always good. Like, I think that's that's the one cons- uh, constant is, like, Limp Bizkit, Wes Borland, great guitarist. And, you know, there's, like, some psychedelic, like, fuzzed out layers at the end of the song. Yeah. Like, I almost wonder, like, would Limp Bizkit be, like, a really sick, like, are they a art jam rock band, band for jocks? If, uh, <laughs> if, if they didn't have Fred Durst? Are they a jam band for jocks? <laughs> There's some long songs on there this really album. There really are, yeah. And and the fuzzy psychedelic, there are some like edging into weird psychedelic worlds. And then like the final song in the album is just a instrumental, like 16 minute it's instrumental a, track. So yeah. like maybe they're a jam band for jocks and maybe I, like. <sighs> or they were. I think, I don't think they. Yeah, no, because they even on a, on chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water, they had that song Boiler. They did keep doing kind of jam bandy shit. Yeah. Huh. That's yeah. You're. You know what? You're absolutely right, Heather. Yeah. And meanwhile, Good Charlotte is Green it's Day fine. for moms. Green Day for moms. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm gonna high five you over that. All right. I think we're done with the podcast. That's been fun. <laughs> no, like we're good. Green Day for moms. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. Like the least punk thing. 
Yeah, festival song is definitely like aptly titled for like a warp tour performance and like that's it. Like there's nothing else going on in the song. It's very boring. Yeah, it sounds like Diet Green Day. Tonight, tonight, banana. I don't want your bar like like, you know. Yeah. You get it. It's fine. There's like a nice little sex pistols reference in the Yeah, they do that too much. They actually yeah. did that a bunch already, because on really? um yeah on Waldorf World, Worldwide they did everything's gonna be all right like Bob Marley on little things they did the Nas uh you can hate me now huh. on uh like um fucking <laughs> god damn it I lost my notes whatever just those three yeah that, I mean that's fine that's that's enough it's fine it's unimpressive it's unimaginative and it's derivative so I will give it two. Sour. <laughs> sour for me, too. Sour on this Damn, one. Heather, you're turning on on your Listen, own album. I told you at the beginning, I was like, I'm probably going to like this Limp Bizkit album, and I did. Like, mostly, I I mean, it's... Uh, there's a lot to make fun of, but I feel like I've made fun of that already. I just... I feel like everyone who talks about how horrible Limp Bizkit is and, like, they're such a joke, like, should just listen to the 20 albums that we've already listened to for this I fucking know. podcast. Yeah, that's exactly right. And we need to prove to everybody that, like, you don't have any fucking clue what you're talking about yeah. when it comes to bad music. No. It gets no. so much worse exactly. than Limp Exactly. Exactly. So... <sighs> and uh, it gets worse than Good Charlotte, too, but Good Charlotte is, like... Good Charlotte, it's... it's, it's fine it's like margarine it's like good in a pinch but like it's not a substitute for like <laughs> good music and like limp biscuit is like edge lord humor like cartman is the lead singer of a band that you kind of like and then it's like well this asshole's doing it. but like honestly would they have made it nearly as far without that asshole no like yeah that's a he's a compelling charismatic asshole you know that um, you. It, it's yeah. It's not like uh, it's not rocket science. None of this is rocket science. <laughs> we were we were ten, <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we're at. All right, we're gonna go into the next song. So these next two songs are complicated off the Good Charlotte album, followed by Stalemate off the Limp Biscuit. Three dollar bill, y'all. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 